welcome to an episode of Fuck Around and Find Out. We're just going to call this one Whose Show Is It Anyway? This episode, I am joined by the illuminous, the wonderful, the, he has one of the best laughs in the world, I tell y'all. I am joined by DJ Scoob. Scoob, how are you doing today? Doing today. <laughs> hey, Derek, how are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm great. I, I literally thought that it was your show. And so I was waiting for you to send me information to, um, so we could get it started and record. And so I was like, let me ask him if we're doing it on Zoom or if we're doing it on Skype. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I don't think he knows whose show it is either. <laughs> but since neither of us were sure, I was like, I have like six shows that I can put this on and I have the perfect one for today. Um, tell folks about yourself. Tell them about your show. The floor is yours. All right. So uh, my name is DJ Scoob. Uh, but uh, my real name is Jesse Blount, but everybody calls me DJ Scoop. I run an entrepreneur podcast for brand new entrepreneurs that are just getting started in their business less than a year usually. And uh, I talk about their struggles and their experiences and get stories from them. So as people listen to the podcast, they could actually learn from them. And I'm a brand new entrepreneur myself, so I learn from them and they learn from me. And everybody just learns from everybody about how to start a business. Okay, so what's your business? So you're actually looking at right now at this point. <laughs> my podcast is basically my business. Uh, I don't treat it like a money maker. This is more of a, a hobby for me, and my way to contribute to other people, helping other people um, start businesses with whatever knowledge I have to offer. And it's just been amazing for me, just because I like to be able to contribute to other people, start to help start their businesses. Definitely. Now, I see that behind you, you have a picture of two lovely puppies uh, wearing piano ties. And I see that you're wearing a piano tie. So I have to ask, how long have you been playing the piano? Okay, so I can't actually play the piano. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what it is, is uh, I can't use Scooby-Doo as um, my logo because it's owned by Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. So my daughter... Drew Scooby-Doo as a pug. This is a pug as Scooby-Doo because okay. my son's okay. favorite dog is, is a pug. And I got the piano tie on him because I wear the piano tie and I got a logo. Ta-da! That's and a then, very – that's an excellent drawing, by the way. Oh, yeah. She's she's really great. She's actually studying to be an animator. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that's – and then I wear the piano tie. And the where, reason I wear the piano tie is – You know what? That's literally the coolest tie I've seen in a long time. <laughs> so, and um, it's just part of my brand. It's part of who I am. So, if anybody sees a piano tie or sees me wearing the piano tie, I wear it pretty much everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of been my trademark um, of who I am. So. Okay. So, how long have you been DJing? So, uh, I don't, I'm actually not a DJ. So, you know, uh, so I don't play piano. I'm not a DJ. Um, the reason why I have DJ in my name is because when I first started my entrepreneur adventure, I wanted to be a karaoke DJ and a music DJ. So, um, but I was starting from ground zero. I had no money. I had no equipment, nothing. So I started a GoFundMe page to try to raise money for the equipment, mm -hmm. and it bombed. It completely bombed. I think I only made a couple hundred dollars in a couple months, and I guarantee that was my mom throwing in a couple of dollars just to make me feel better. <laughs> 
So uh, what I did was I just started researching how to do a crowdfund properly. Because mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I'll throw this on there and I'll make a bunch of money. Ah, wrong. Didn't work that way. So um, as I'm doing this research on how to do a proper crowdfund, I read it. Well, I listened to my books. I don't read my books. I listened to a book. And it said that a good way to do it is to start a uh, podcast about what you're trying to accomplish. I was like, okay, cool. I've heard of that. So uh, I started podcasting, and all of a sudden, I just realized I loved just the podcasting so much, I almost completely forgot, forgot about the DJ thing and the karaoke thing, and started just concentrating on podcasting. But I liked my name. My handle name was DJ Scoob, and I liked it so much, I just kept it. Uh-huh. So, so <laughs> what? Okay. okay. So you're not a DJ. You are going to be a karaoke DJ. What does a the karaoke DJs, there's the ones who kind of load up the music for folks to get up there and sing, I will survive. And they keep the crowd hype and everything like that. Right? That That's the job I'm thinking, correct? Like, they're the ones who keep the party going when the, when everybody sits down and you're like the announcer, the MC for the entire event, things of that nature? Well, that's not karaoke. That's a regular DJ. A karaoke DJ kind of... Uh, like they'll call people up to the stage, and mm-hmm. there'll be a screen with the words of the of the song, and then people will come up and actually sing them sing the song. Yeah, yeah, no. When I was on a cruise, yeah, I did a lot of karaoke, oh, okay. and and so yeah, yeah, they they loaded up the the song like on the computer and everything, and they said the next person coming up, and then sometimes they the guy who was really great, he get up there and he sing with you, or he be your background dancer or whatever it may be, and it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. I could I could see that being a great job to have. I never even thought about it. It's like yeah. there's certain things you don't think about until you hear it, and then you're like, you know what? I should have ran away from home and joined the circus. <laughs> I'd have been a great clown if you haven't figured that out yet. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was something I was really into a few years back. Uh, I loved going up there. I love singing. And I love being. You know, I'm a kind of a crowd pleaser kind of guy where. Mm-hmm. I, I like getting people hype, and, and it's just kind of went with my personality, so I wanted to do that. I just never got the equipment to do it. So, But it's still in the back of my head. It's still there. Mm-hmm. I, haven't for, I haven't completely forgot about it. I still eventually, if, if things go well, I still want to be able to do that. And so off the top of your head, without any preparation, top three all-time favorite karaoke songs to perform? Okay, so uh, anything Weirdo Yankovic, because yes. I'm a huge fan, uh, and I could sing, I could sing any almost any of his songs even without the words. I got them all memorized. Um, uh, we're not going to take it from Twisted Sister. Okay, okay. I could sing that one and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, classic. Yeah. Okay. okay. So mine are the Humpty Dance by Digital Digital Underground. Yes. Um. I have friends in low places by Garth Brooks. One. That is yeah. a that's a winner wherever I go. And um gosh, what's the song by Smooth by Rob Thomas and uh Santana? Oh yes. Those are my three. Um and I have to say that my favorite Weird Al song, like like the obscurity ones. Is probably this song is just six words long. This song is just six, six words, words long. long. This, this song is just six words long. I love this. I love that song. That's great. <laughs> uh, I wanted to see him in concert, and I always kept missing the opportunity. But one of the kids 
who played for my basketball team, like he's a huge Weird Al fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been to see him like six times. He's only in like ninth grade and he's a Weird Al roadie. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Like I love the kids these days see what they want and they just pursue it. Like I want to follow this dude around the country and I know I'm only 12 mom but you're gonna let me go and mom is like well I like him too let's go and they just because they can do when when this happened the last time when they they went after him it was during you know the homeschooling COVID study from home sort of thing so a lot of the kids on my basketball team were in Hawaii taking classes for California and the other one was going around the country following Weird Al Yankovic to wherever he was um I saw that he's doing a that not he's doing a movie, but that there's a biopic coming out about him. Uh, I am so excited about that because I've been following his career since I was eight years old, mm-hmm. and I'm 47 now. Okay, so I've 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 been around for a while, and I've loved his music, and I loved everything he's done as far as music, but I never really was able to get into what his personal life was about. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to this to seeing what. You know the kind of the behind the scenes of Weird Al and what he's the, what he's been through and the struggles and the and the accomplishments that, that he's actually made with his music in his life. I'm really excited about that. It'll be nice to see a biopic about a musician that doesn't involve copious amounts of drugs or, you know, somebody getting chopped in half. Or I, I, I saw um, <laughs> Walk Hard a couple days ago, the Dewey Cox yeah. story. <laughs> the wrong brother died. Um, so. You and I met through uh, Pixie's uh, podcast spaces and whatnot. That's Have right. you done any spaces for yourself as of yet? Two. Okay. I've done two. I'm literally just getting started with my space. Um, and basically what my space is about is uh, uh, free coaching for any brand new entrepreneurs that are just getting started. Okay. And that way uh, I get a foothold in the entrepreneur world, and I'm actually teaching myself how to coach somebody. Okay. okay. And, uh, and anybody that wants to take, you know, take advantage of that, they're more than welcome to come in. Doesn't, you know, I don't, obviously don't charge for anything because I have them come in for free, and I'm learning on the fly. And that's kind of the way how I was, I've always learned things is kind of on the fly. Yeah. I mean, you just toss me to the dogs, and I'll, I'll learn as I go. So, and uh, hopefully uh, with enough knowledge and enough experience, I'll be able to become a entrepreneur coach. Awesome. Um, now, are you looking for... <clears throat> What's the thing I was going to ask? See, my thing is I, I lose questions. Like, I'll say it, and I'll get halfway done, and the rest will just out. Yeah. So when you're not podcasting, when you're not coaching, when you're not um, thinking about karaoke and DJing what do you like to do what what's what's your hobbies well um, it's pretty hard to have an actual hobby besides my podcasting because I actually have two full-time jobs on top of this oh wow so um, I do this on my either mornings off or nights off from whatever job it happened to be off and then once a week I have a full day off so um, eh, let's see what, what do you really want to call a hobby my podcast is my hobby so it's mm. it's really ha- hard to have anything else uh to do i work at a uh, hospital and i do environmental uh, maintenance uh which is basically i take trash around all day Mm -hmm. um the other one is a barbecue restaurant i work at called getting basted and they're uh yeah i know right 
It's a and great name. Isn't it, though? <laughs> but if you look them up, they're actually national barbecue championships for the last three years. Okay. So um, they've been featured on um, Food Network several times. As a matter of fact, the one of the owner's daughter is on uh, that that kid's cooking show with Ramsey. What's it called? I can't remember. Uh, Master Chef Junior? Yeah, that's it. He, awesome. She's actually on that, so it's the da- it's the daughter of one of the owners of my restaurant. Awesome. My son wants to cook, but he still can't get past the fact that I'll do it for him. And so he'll wake up, and he he's he has now he's fourteen. He's now progressed into being able to make eggs five different ways. He's really proud of himself for that, and he knows how to use a sous vide. Uh, machine, which is the water regulator one, but he's like, Dad, why do I have to cook when you're a chef? Like, I can get this from you. And I was like, because I don't know how long I'm going to be here, and when I'm gone, I don't want you going back to just eating Top Ramen, which is his favorite all-time like life choice. So, he he made these brownies a couple days ago, and I'm still not sure what he did but he didn't put it on bake. I know that for a fact because I know what brownies look like. And this did not look like brownies. I mean, they were firm and they had the taste of brownies and everything. But the top wasn't the brownie top. It was just smooth all the way across it. Almost like brown jello, which is really off-putting. Um, and he was like, did you like it? And I was like, I didn't try it. And he was like, could you please try and let me know what you think? So what I found was... The brownies that he made, while they weren't your conventional brownie, they tasted great if you froze the brownie pieces. Like you cut a square and you froze it and you put ice cream between it. It made a great ice cream sandwich. And so he didn't know that he had made ice cream sandwich shells until I made him an ice cream sandwich with it. And I told him, you know... It's all right to try to make something and it doesn't go the way that you want it when you're practicing, when you're learning. Because you can still find out that you learned how to make something that you wanted to know how to make, but you didn't know you wanted to know how to make it. Like you made these ice cream sandwich shells. He was like, yeah, Dad, that's true, but I retire. So I figure in a few years he'll try again. He's taking culinary arts at school uh, next year. So he really does want to step into this world, but I think that he's just like, as long as I got you, Dad, I'm not worried about much of anything. And I don't know if that's a good feeling or if it's a scary feeling, but I am willing to take it. Um, yes. Oh, well, it's a, it's a good feeling for yourself because you know he loves you and he trusts you and, you know, you're taking it. But the thing is, just like you said earlier, you, you kind of worry a little bit about his future, him depending on you so much for the cooking because when it comes time when he turns... 18 or 20 or whatever, you know, is that time that he leaves home. He needs to be able to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is 15 and is going through exactly what your son is going through. <laughs> exactly to the T. He wants to be a professional chef. But he will not actually sit down and learn how to cook. I mean, he, he's like a mac and cheese kid, you know what I mean? He can mm-hmm. cook mac and cheese pretty good. He's starting to learn a little bit how to cook dishes and things like that, but... He just doesn't put as much effort into it, and it's because mom actually went to school to cook. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> kind of the same idea. I'm like, I've bought him uh, courses 
to be able to learn like online courses for him to learn at his own pace how to cook uh, you know and gotten him different ways to and he just won't take the initiative to just start learning it because he's so dependent on on everybody else to be able to cook for him even though he, every once in a while he will take a step but it's like I got a similar story too he made a he made a cake one time uh, like a regular base cake but he forgot to put the water in it and it just turned out like this I don't even know how to explain it how it actually turned out yours actually turned out better than mine because it turned into some kind of weird solid I don't even know how to explain it it didn't rise it didn't do anything it just kind of sat in there and he baked it and he frosted it here and it's like you try to pick up and just, so. oh yeah <laughs> oh the, okay so okay so tell him that if he gets like apple pie filling you could buy it at the store in a can right um or or cherry filling or whatever you may want and you put it into that same pan and you take dry cake mix and you dump it over the apple pie filling you kind of mix it a little bit so then it all combines and everything. And if you use the apple pie filling, after you mix it all together, you cut caramels and you cut butter. And you put butter on top of the uh, dry mix and you put caramel on top of the butter. And that's an apple pie dump cake. Like, oh. that's all you have to do. And it comes out perfectly because the moisture of the, the apple pie filling will cause... it. It's, it's more like a strudel. Um, and it turns out perfectly like it's such a good cake. You take like spice cake and you spice cake mix and you mix it over and it costs like maybe two dollars to put this cake together. And then he can take that cake and cut it up and sell it to people with ice cream on top of it for like ten dollars. Mm hmm. So he can go on Instagram and from there that, that could be his first thing that he sells like. $2 cake turns into a $10 cake, which is an $8 profit. And if he makes, like, say, 10 pieces, like if he cuts it into 10 separate squares and puts the ice cream on top, he's literally made $80 off of $2. Yeah. And so that might get him interested in it, the, the I made a profit aspect of it off of doing this. Like, he might look at it more from the... the because if... Your wife, if his mom went to school for it, then she knows the pricing aspects of food as well, the cost aspect. And that's always an interesting science to me as well. Just the, okay, I paid this much for this, and I'm charging this much for this, and I can get this much yield out of it, is more fascinating to me than school. Like, I want to go back to school. I want to be a counselor so badly but I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing right now to take time out. So the fact that you're doing two jobs, two full-time jobs, and you're doing your uh, podcast, your entrepreneurial podcast, and you're doing your spaces, that is a love letter that I I respect. <laughs> and to quote the inimitable Jesse McCartney, how do you sleep? Like, What's that? I, I don't understand sleep. What is? No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> Like, when do you get a chance to just relax and unwind? And when you relax and unwind, 
that what is it what do you do when you relax and unwind that doesn't involve your podcast because your podcast is something that's going to take up it's still a part of your whole like it's a part of your triangle so there's let's get basted there's the hospital there's podcasting those three things are each an industry that you're either in or you're attempting to build out so what do you do to just relax um golly I know I spend time with my son, and uh, we do a lot of. Uh, g- he's a gamer, so he, you know, we play a lot of Smash Brothers. Awesome, which is cool. Um, I like watching very old, very horribly bad movies. Ed Wood yeah. type movies, or worse. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I watch movies like uh, I watched uh, Space Trucker the other day. That was amazing. <laughs> Um, that actually had uh, Norm from Cheers was in it, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the lead actor from uh, Waterworld, the bad guy, was in it. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But bad movies are definitely one of my things. Besides Weird Al, I like watching bad movies. Like the worst movie ever made, I actually own on DVD. It's called Manos: The Hands of Fate. I've heard of it. I never wanted to see it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, if you can power through that, you could power through anything. <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at it, because uh, it's so terrible. Um, but I love it so much because it's terrible. That's just one of those things. Uh, I know on Netflix for a while there was a movie called Rubber about a uh, a spare tire that would go around killing murdering people. people. A murderous tire. Yes. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's, it's- so the movies that I look at and I roll my eyes at are the movies that you're like, that's what I'm eating right there. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. I have, a, I have a buddy of mine named David Bear. He's actually a second assistant director in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he did a movie called Mutant Vampire Zombies in the Hood. Look it up. Oh, my. Yeah, and it was one of those D-rated movies, but it was so bad it was good. It was one of those kind of movies, you know. And so, what was it called again? Mutant vampire, mutant vampire zombies in the hood. Okay, I and, oh, yeah. One <laughs> of my one of yeah. my podcasts um, is hindsight, and every October we do a, a horror ribble movie month, where we just watch really bad horror type movies. And this just made the list because it is on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Thank you, good sir. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad I can help. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that is, even though it's like everybody kind of, it's like real cringeworthy, for some reason my brain registers that. Just, it's so funny. Um, oh, another good one. Uh, 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 Pastor. Yep. yep. That was great. I really loved how terrible that one was. Especially the the end fight was just just amazingly bad, and I loved every second of it. So that's what I do, Don Juan. I watch really bad movies. There you go. <laughs> so do you have Amazon Prime? I and I'm not asking because this movie is on Amazon Prime. I'm asking because they have like and and Tubi. Those two Tubi have like the worst movies. Like they just have a cache of these awful movies that. You just, nobody else would have. 
Like the best thing that they have for some of them is like they live with Roddy Roddy with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, that is one of my favorites. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie so so much. Uh, he also did one just before that called Hell Comes to Frog. Hell Comes to Frog Town. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm yeah. not a proprietor of horrible movies, but I will sit back and watch. I remember my mom and I. It's one of those moments that bonded us forever because we saw a movie called Just Damn Lucky. And this was when I was 16 and she was not. She was an adult and it was we were living in uh, D.C., I believe, at that time in Waldorf, Maryland. So we were snowed in. And so my brother was at school and we're sitting at home. And the only thing we had was this movie. So we sit there and we watch it. And it is literally the equivalent of, hey, I have a video camera and I have friends. I'm going to give them a script and none of them can read or act. And we're going to get this party started. <laughs> and I've never been able to find this movie again. I've never been able to find it on the on the Internet. I've never been able to find it in a video store. I've never been able to find it anywhere. It was just one copy of this one movie in this hole-in-the-wall video store that they had in this strip mall. And we watched it, and the acting was, I wish that somebody would come and love me. <laughs> And we're just looking and laughing, and that's like the lead actress's lines, and we're like, what the heck is this? And we sat through it the whole time while watching, while eating popcorn and just critiquing it, and it was one of the best moments in my entire life. And I've never been able to find that movie again. If I find it again, I'm going to do a hindsight episode about it, and I'm going to make my friend Brandon watch it, and it's going to be glorious. Bad movies have a when you know that it's a bad movie and you know what you're getting into there's a beauty to it you know almost like a how did this like the the podcast how did this get made they talk about sometimes good movies that shouldn't be there like blood sport but a movie like monos the hands of fate there there used to be a mystery science theater 3000 and they well, that's would. where i saw it for the first time yes <laughs> and i think the i think the one thing that really struck me is that the movie was so bad the doctor and his apprentice or whatever he was apologized to the guys which never happens and mm-hmm. any it's the only show it ever meant so they actually did a double feature which was um, they did monos the hands of fate and santa claus versus the martians I've never heard of that one. You never heard of Santa Claus versus the Martians? Oh boy! <laughs> I'll send you. A, I'll send you a copy. I have the cover on my phone. I'll oh my send god! You a copy of it so you can see it. So, <laughs> so how the hell does Santa Claus meet Martians? What? 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 Oh I'm, no! I'm wrapping my mind around this. No, you're gonna have to watch the movie. Okay, I bet it's on oh, Tubi. Give that one away. I know it's on Tubi. I know it's on Tubi. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so the top five bad movies that you love. Uh, obviously, Manos, The Hands of, Hands of Fate, definitely number one. Um, I'm probably going to have to say, I'm probably partial, but like I said, Mutant Vampire, Zombies in the Hood, that's mm-hmm. definitely number two. Number three is Rubber. Uh, number four is Arena. 
And that one was very interesting. Um, but the guy who plays Quark in D- and DS9 and Deep Space Nine actually mm-hmm. is in that as another alien character, which is really cool. Um, and then, oh gosh, what else? What else is even in my library? Um, <laughs> God, I don't. I don't know if I can even pick a five. <laughs> it's uh, hmm. Yeah, there's just too there's just too many out there for me to even think about. Um, I, I, I guess I guess the one space trucker that I watched recently. Sometimes it's so bad you don't even remember the title of it. You just know of the movie, and, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't you know when you think about it. There's but, a movie that I have, um, and eventually I'll watch it. I literally bought it on Voodoo. I was gonna watch it on Shutter, but then my free trial ran out. It's a movie called Porno. And it's about um, four Christian teens who find a pornographic movie in a movie theater and they watch it and a lust demon comes out and starts hunting them down. <laughs> I'm oh just my. like, this sounds like magic. I want to watch it so bad, but at the same time, I'm waiting. I'm like holding back. Like I've already bought the movie. It's already on there. It's on Voodoo. Mm-hmm. But I'm holding back until the next October where I can watch it for hindsight and I can watch it for the first time. Be like, this was so awesome. But then there's <laughs> the movies. I think that right now, if I had to really think about it, my favorite production company for for horror movies is this group called Bloomhouse because they do movies that are also they're they're also comedic like they did happy death day which was a combination of a horror movie meets uh groundhog's day this girl keeps living her the day of her death every single day over and over again and they came out with a sequel happy death day to you which was also good mm-hmm. and then they did a movie called freaky which was a spin of freaky friday where vince vaughn um, and a young lady switched bodies, and Vince Vaughn is a serial killer. Um, so then he switched into the body of a high school junior, I think high school senior, and so now the high school senior, this girl is now a serial killer. Vince Vaughn is in this high school girl's body, so the girl has an ally, Vince Vaughn, and Vince Vaughn has an ally, he's a high school girl, and it, it really just... It pleased me. It made me so happy to see this because I I don't know why I enjoy Vince Vaughn movies as much as I do, but this movie was one of the ones where he had to stretch himself, for lack of a better term, to act as something I had never seen him at before, and I thought he did wonderfully. So if you ever get a chance to watch Freaky, um, it's not a horrible movie in the least. It's a really well done movie I really enjoyed it but it's funny and you I think your son will enjoy it and it it the payoff is wonderful nice I'll on the other hand out. he has a movie called The Battle of Cell Block 99 which you should watch by yourself because that's one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen I had to hide my eyes like 12 times it was greatness <laughs> Yeah, when you're just watching people cut each other in half, you know, it's... Uh, so. yeah. yeah. If there's no reason for it if, it, if they don't run around for a second and say, I'm cut, 
I'm cutting half. Where's my body? Like if they do something like that and they do it poorly, I will watch. But yeah, by and large, if it's just done for gratuity, I'm like, me and horror movies don't always get along. Like I used to be the hide your eyes type person. Um, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 once when I was like 10 years old. And that night I dreamed that Freddy Krueger came to my house. That was pretty much it for me. Um, I dreamed about Freddy Krueger for a week until, strangely enough, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Machine gang came out and helped me defeat him because they found out that it wasn't really Freddy Krueger. It was one of my teachers. Um, (laughs) Did they pull the mask off and everything? Yeah. Luckily, he didn't murder any of them. That would have been traumatizing. I know, right? But yeah, he they found out that it wasn't really Freddy Krueger. It was like one of my teachers, and everything turned out great. Um, <laughs> Rest our mystery. So here's my last question for you. That actually yeah. leads me to my last question. Okay. Scrappy Doo. Oh, thoughts. Okay. What are your thoughts on Scrappy Doo? Scrappy is pure evil. Thank you. Yeah, Scrappy is pure evil. I don't care what anybody says or how awesome people think he is. No, it's all a facade. It's not mm-hmm. real. Scrappy uh, has tried for years to take the spotlight away from Scooby, even though they're family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of weird family thing that happened that produced Scrappy because he's this little dinky thing. And, you know, Scooby is a huge Great Dane. So I don't know exactly how that works out. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I'm not. And especially it really all came culminated together when I watched the first live action Scooby-Doo movie when he was the uh, he was the main bad guy after yeah. all. So that was kind of fitting for me. I liked that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I never liked Scrappy. I could never figure out why. I just I felt like he was imposing on Scooby's space when they did the Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo 2 show. Like I hated that so much. Like, I didn't, you know, that was before the internet. You didn't know that everybody else freaking hated Scrappy, too. <laughs> but my favorite Scooby-Doo cartoon was not the original. My favorite Scooby-Doo cartoon was a pup named Scooby-Doo. I oh, loved yes. that one to pieces. Like, I thought that was the best. Um, and as I got older, I realized how many jokes and inside jokes they fit into that show. And I loved it even more. But why Scooby? Like, like, why? What was the affinity for you? Like, what drew you in? Well, um, because his laugh is real close to my actual physical laugh. The laugh that I do for myself when I get a really wholehearted laugh is very close to a Scooby Doo laugh. So I, for example, uh, I was in a conversation one time and they said <laughs> something really dumb or stupid, and, and, and they were upset about something, and they said something really stupid. And I laughed, and they go, you and that stupid Scooby-Doo laugh. I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> then I went, <laughs> and ever since then, it was, just, it was just that. So it just opened up, me being able to do the Scooby-Doo laugh and voice, it just opened up this big world of being able to put my personality into something I, I really love. And I've been doing the Scooby-Doo voice for, geez, over 20 years. So... Yeah, it just it just became a part of me. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining me, or for me joining you, because, you know. Um, tell folks again where they can find you at on Twitter, on any social media that you may be on. For sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, DJ Scoob, that's S-K-O-O-B 2021. 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scoob and My. And uh, if you want to listen to the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, you can listen to all of the major platforms. I release every other Tuesday. Um, my last episode, my last two episodes was uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, who is a very famous entrepreneur, and a uh, gentleman that uh, owns Acquire ME, which does uh, digital yard signs for different construction companies. Both are really good. Um, and uh, yeah, and you can reach me anytime. Uh, I'm pretty much a Twitter guy, so if you want to reach me directly, Twitter's definitely the place to go. Definitely. Well, Jesse, Scoob, Scoob, Jesse, thank you so much for joining me. I do greatly appreciate it. I know you have a really, really, really big interview coming up pretty soon. Yeah, so. it's right after you. Uh, once we're off here, I have to get ready. I'm actually talking to one of the biggest women in podcasting, Esprit. I'm really looking forward to that, and we'll have to. I'm really excited about that one. That's going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to hearing it. All right. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. <laughs> so, listeners, again, this has been an episode of Fuck Around and Find Out. Uh, I want to thank y'all for taking the time out to listen. You can leave a review on Spotify. It only takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast, and then copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Uh, if you wish to leave a email, the email address is wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. The voicemail number is 916-633-1537. And you can donate to the show through patreon.com slash single simulcast or on buymeacoffee.com. Uh, Wait. Or on gobuymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pod app. There is a tip jar. Again, listeners, thank you so much for listening. I do greatly appreciate y'all. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Fuck Around and Find Out is a Ratchet Book Club production. The intro and outro were made by Ketzer, and it's called Good Vibe. It can be found on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, you say.